This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Office of Personnel Management days ago told its workforce the administration's proposed merger with the General Services Administration is off. The news is welcome to members of Congress and employee organizations who have been critical of the OPM-GSA merger. But lawmakers say they've got bigger concerns now about the agency. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco joins me now with the latest. First of all, tell us what OPM told the workforce. This happened just before the weekend. Late last week, OPM Acting Director Michael Regas in what seems to be maybe regular emails to the OPM workforce included a paragraph on the administration's, the status of the administration's proposed merger with the General Services Administration. And just to quote from the email here, Tom, Regas says, as Congress has not acted on the administration's legislative proposal, we are no longer devoting time and energy to the merger and are focused on ensuring OPM can function as a standalone personnel agency for the federal government. We are also conducting an independent analysis of the agency to help inform how OPM can best carry out its mission and meet the needs of the American people. Now, that independent analysis, that's something that OPM should be working on, and it's related to the study that the National Academy of Public Administration is also working on, on uh, OPM and its statutory functions, and that was mandated by Congress, as was a prohibition on this merger really functioning or existing in general by Congress. Congress told OPM uh, last year in this year's uh, National Defense Authorization Bill that really nothing can move or should move out of OPM until that NAPA study is finished. So you kind of wonder why this statement is coming out right now anyway. In speaking with an OPM senior official, they told us that the agency is looking at other options, especially now that the security clearance business, the National Background Investigations Bureau, is officially transferred and working well, as far as we can tell, at the Defense Department. So that's what we know at this point. And I guess one of the issues is that the revenue that went with the National Background Investigation Service, that money to operate that is going to the Defense Department. OPM is, they have a budget shortfall because that money covered other things than simply the background investigation work. Yeah, that's right. In fact, a recent Inspector General report from OPM pointed out that NBIB was paying about $18 million more for IT services that it wasn't using. So I believe those numbers are right. So, you know, it is clear that the loss of that security clearance business really does have an impact on Uh, the financial viability of OPM. And that's something that OPM is still trying to figure out. You know, they've gotten more money from Congress within the last year to try to bridge that shortfall. But as the IG pointed out, there's still a lot more that OPM needs. And there are some things that aren't getting done because OPM doesn't have maybe the budget it should. All right. So that also falls into Congress's lap. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. And talk about some of the reactions that you've been hearing to this announcement. I think the reactions have been kind of telling. On one hand, we heard from Jerry Connolly, who's perhaps been most vocal about OPM and the merger and, you know, especially in, um, you know, describing his critique of the OPM GSA merger. But he said in a statement to us, Tom, that OPM has wasted time and resources on this mission. It clearly doesn't have support from Congress, no legal grounding. It didn't make sense. He says, despite this victory, Congress cannot lose focus on OPM's proposed Schedule F change, which is an assault on the civil service and should join the OPM merger in the trash bin. 
I spoke to a, another a Senate aide about this, and you know that person said the administration is continuing to pursue activities that seem to be aimed at dismantling OPM. And so that Schedule F executive order, which we've talked about, Tom, I think is one piece of the concerns that Congress has about all of this. But there's also some concerns that OPM has brought on a few dozen new Schedule C political appointees within the past couple of months. And we should say this is taking place as far as we can tell throughout government and It might not necessarily be uncommon, especially to bring on new Schedule C political appointees near the end of an administration. But there are some names, I think, that are coming out of OPM that are interesting to people. As we've reported previously, the uh, addition of Dennis Kirk, whose nomination, yes, is still pending before the Senate to lead the Merit Systems Protection Board. Uh, as well as Dennis Kirk, you know, George Nesterjak, who was the president's original pick to lead OPM. And controversial one. Yes, you could say controversial. He is working as a senior advisor in the director's office. We learned recently that Don Devine, the former OPM director from the Reagan administration, has a part-time role within the agency. And an OPM senior advisor, you know, tried to say that, you know, he's, I think, a a special government employee. You could say he's a part-time advisor working on different policy uh, positions, and his role is limited. Uh, the OPM advisor said. So I think the names and the combination of the number of political appointees that have been coming on board, I think are concerning. And then you add in Schedule F, and I think that concerns Congress very much. But nevertheless, OPM is telling its people that they're not going ahead with the plan. And so it looks like maybe with these Schedule C people, they're just trying to get whatever they can done, done. But it sounds like they can't get anything done that could not be undone should the administration change hands to Joe Biden. I think the concern, Tom, is that the merger and the sort of statement about the status of the merger is a distraction from what's really going on at OPM, which, you know, for some in Congress is bringing in more political appointees, more who have maybe controversial uh, stances on the civil service and what they're working on behind the scenes at, at OPM and, and the implications that it might have for the agency. And as we've reported previously, Tom, the merger, just the discussions about the merger have really brought on a lot of uncertainty for the agency. Key career people have left. They've gone to other agencies or they've retired altogether. I don't think that you can say that the merger didn't have an impact, even though we may not have seen the full scope of what the administration was proposing. And, you know, I think the other concern in talking to members of Congress about this, congressional staffers about the executive order, like there's some concern that the EO could perhaps allow the administration to burrow in some of these Schedule C appointees to perhaps vacant positions that may be reclassified or maybe taking the place of some career positions altogether. That, I think, is is the concern that we're starting to see with this EO. So they could be there three days, three weeks, three months, or three years. <laughs> I guess only time will tell. Yeah, we don't know at this point, and I think a lot does hinge on the outcome of the election. But, you know, I think to sort of summarize the, the point of this uh, merger, I guess, announcement, the status of it and the reactions – I think the reactions are kind of, you know, okay, well, who cares? You know, the merger, we we said that the merger should be finished, that you shouldn't be pursuing it. And we now have other concerns. And those concerns are 
the appointees and perhaps what may or may not happen with those appointees using this executive order. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco, thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. Check out her stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. As prices keep creeping up, your entertainment budget doesn't have to take a hit. Live One Plus has all the music you love, ad-free for only $3.99 per month. Dive into Live One's massive library of songs, listen to curated playlists, or create your own. Check out exclusive artist-hosted stations and do it all for the best price in streaming. Lock in a Live One Plus membership for just $3.99 per month now, and you'll not only beat inflation, you'll get all your favorite music ad-free. Check out liveone.com slash best music for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.